Welcome back everybody, this is Eric and Barry from Moss Pond and Gun, and uh, today we got another gun gripe episode for you. Uh, Barry, what's today's gun gripe about? Well, it's going to be called Firearms Hindsight. What we should have done or could have done years ago, especially me, uh, about buying guns and collecting guns. Guns have gone through the roof over the last 20 to 25 years. Uh, I remember when I worked at RPB, of course we did some videos about that recently. We Employees of that company could have bought a Mac for seventy-five dollars. And a lot of yeah, that would have been a great investment. And a lot of guys <laughs> at the at the company did, and we could get the suppressor for seventy-five dollars. So you got hundred and fifty dollars in the gun and suppressor, but you got a four hundred dollars worth of tax stamps. And we could have assigned our own serial number to the gun. We could have designed them any way we wanted to, but I didn't. I didn't do it. Well, that was I, a lot of money back then, wasn't it? Seventy-five dollars was quite a bit of money in 1980, but it wasn't that it, compared to today. What you'd have to buy a Mac for it was nothing. Well, Absolutely. I mean the tax stamps, though. The tax I mean, stamp. Oh yeah, the tax, the tax stamp was what was keeping people from doing it. Right now, back in the 80s, we could a guy could buy an AR-15 Colt like this similar to this, for $500. You could buy a brand new Colt for $500. Okay, you do your $200 tax stamp, we drop M16 parts in it, and you got a machine gun, an M16, for less than $1,000. Now, because Reagan passed the law in, what was it, 86, I believe, mm -hmm. that you could not convert semis for civilians anymore, that, that put the hold on a lot of these companies like RPB that were converting guns. And of course, when they made them go to the closed bolt on the MAC-10, most of the sales were to civilians. Uh, RPB didn't have any military contracts at the time. I think we made 600 MAC-11s for the Navy SEALs. That was the only military contract that that company got while I worked for them. But when they stopped the closed bolt, uh, went to the closed bolt gun, that killed the sales of it. And yeah. that, that literally was the downfall of the company. That was the wooden stake through the heart. But back in them days, you could have an M16 for a thousand bucks. Oh yeah. Well, you know, gun hindsight uh, involves a lot of machine guns and NFA stuff that a lot of the old timers, you know, like Barry, sorry Barry, oh, but a lot of the old timers wish that they, uh, you know, had taken advantage of some of the deals back then. Um, you know, gun hindsight also involves other things other than NFA as well. Um, a good example of gun hindsight is when you used to be able to buy the uh, Chinese uh, SKSs for like 79 bucks a piece. I bought a lot of SKSs for 69.99. 69.99, and that was back when uh, we could accept uh, imports from China in the form of uh, I know a lot of the Polytech and uh, Norinco M14s came in, SKSs, uh, some broom handles, other various guns, but. Of course, Clinton uh, also, that was another wooden stake in the heart that Clinton uh, did to us, and he prevented the future importation of a good number of those Chinese firearms. So The Chinese weapons had to stop, the Chinese ammo. I bought many a case of 1,440 rounds of Chinese match ammo, steel core match ammo for $69.99. Oh, yeah, and those were the days. And again, those it's days, gun man. hindsight. I mean, back then it wasn't a big deal because it was plentiful. It was everywhere. I mean... Uh, that's an example of gun hindsight. If you bought a crate of SKSs at $69 a piece, well then you're sitting on a little miniature gold mine because right. you could triple or quadruple your money. Um, same thing goes with the uh, Mosin here, Barry. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a, a, an example of current gun hindsight that you should pay attention to. I mean, this Mosin Nagant rifle can be had anywhere from $120 to $250 depending on a lot of different factors, but of course, you know, the guns are very inexpensive, they're very available, but this is a good example of 
20, 30 years from now, this rifle could be five or 600 bucks right. for all we know. And there again, ammo for this gun right now is plentiful. Right. Uh, surplus rounds, you can get them real cheap. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot of shooting with this gun, and this gun makes a fine hunting gun. It does. Uh, it's a great gun. Well, you know, one of the things about the 54R, though, that's so neat is the fact that it's still in use. It's still a military right. service cartridge. It's been in uh, service since 1891. Right. So it's been Probably going the longest-serving service cartridge in the history of the world. I would say so. So yeah. I don't think the surplus 54R is drying up, but mm -hmm. um, when it comes to gun hindsight, there's tons of examples out there of, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Uh, I mean, just look at the guys at Ram Bannermans. Right. I mean, that could be a whole nother video all on its own. It's just Bannermans. Right. Uh, if you guys don't know about the uh, gun store on Bannermans, you need to look it up. It's a very interesting read with lots of history. I mean, and you're talking, and, and these are the days my grandpa used to relay to me when he was a kid, you know, going to Bannermans. Hmm? Well, maybe not Bannermans, but places like Bannermans. Right. And you walk up, and there's a barrel of, like, Spanish War Mausers, and take your pick, 1999 a piece. Mm hmm I mean, those were the days. To me, that's gun hindsight. Well, I, I mean, remember, I'm, I'm 58 years old, and I remember I must have been about 11 or 12. My dad used to take me downtown on Ashby Street, I think it was, but there was a store down there called Duckett's Military Surplus. This guy had hundreds and hundreds of Lugers, uh, broom handle Mausers, uh, Mauser rifles just stacked in barrels like cordwood. Nobody wanted them. Nobody wanted them. And I'm talking about like $19 for a Mauser or something like that. If you look back in history, Lee Harvey Oswald, I think he paid $9 and something for his Carcano rifle. Yep. And then another like 3 bucks for the scope or and something silly. And he paid $26 like. <laughs> for a Colt 38. Yeah. The last Browning high power my dad bought was in 1973. That was a long time ago. He paid $97.50 for it. At Oshman Sporting Goods at Greenbrier Mall. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You pay more now for a box of ammunition than you paid for a gun back then. I know. It's amazing what gun prices have done. I mean, another good example of gun hindsight is like the old days of being able to take and uh, go in the damn Sears catalog and order a Thompson and have it dropped on your doorstep, mail right. order. Right. Those were the days. Those you want to talk about gun hindsight. Yeah. Now, granted, $250 was a lot of money back then. Back then, that was a fortune. That was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But they're nice guns. They're they were made with precision. They're well made. And I tell you, somebody back then that were enterprising enough, if they had any hindsight as to what may have happened today, you well, know. Now here, here's how <laughs> hindsight can harm you. It can bite you on the ass. When the crime bill passed, uh, with Bill Clinton's crime bill, everybody saw it coming and they went and they bought magazine. I did. I bought cases of that Chinese ammo and wound up selling it for $300 a case after it was banned and so on and so forth. But guys, this time, everybody thought Obama was going to get his ban passed and they went out and bought all this stuff and now they can't sell it. That's right. It works against you sometimes. It can work against you. I mean, so, you got guys that have like two grand or three grand and some AR. And then they turn around and they can't even dump it for fifteen or or even eleven. Right. Well, Mag, Magpul Mags here was seventeen ninety nine, sixteen ninety nine. Mm -hmm. When the scare started coming down, they went to twenty four ninety nine. And I know a guy that bought two hundred magazines at twenty four ninety nine. Now he can't sell them for twenty dollars. Well, but but really, the way to look at it, Barry, though, is he's got what he wants. I mean, well, sometimes yeah. if it comes down to getting what you want, if you got to pay a little more for it, if you're willing to do that. More power to you. The problem is he bought them to resell them. He That's thought right. if they passed the ban, he could sell them for $7,500 a piece, which right. he could have, but it backfired now. But the gun control thing isn't over. 
if you got a bunch of magazines out there stored away, you need to just leave them where they are because yeah. this is not over, folks. Don't ever think it, the gun control is never going to stop. No, it's not. They're already starting this about the gun control now because of the Trayvon Martin case and so on and so forth, and it has nothing at all to do with gun control. Not a thing. No. It has not a thing to do with it, but they're bringing it back up now. So this is going to start all over again. It will. Well, the bottom line on this is I've got a buddy who buys guns and ammo every week. And I say, why do you keep buying guns and ammo every week? Well, first off, the guns are going to hold their value. Now they will. You can get a, you can get a brand new Colt AR-15 right now for 1050 bucks, And that gun will hold its value. And it's better than money in the bank. Your money in the bank is shrinking every day. Gas prices going up. It's a good idea to fill your car up every other day because gas is going up again, and as long as you keep it full, you're saving money. And I know some people that you know drive gas guzzlers, right. and if you're even if you're out and about, even if you don't need gas, if you find a really good price, go ahead and fill up. Top it out. Top it out. Keep it full. Because um, you never know what might happen. You may not be able to get any gas for a few days. Yeah, I mean, hindsight can really just throw people off when it comes to a lot of things. I know in the gun industry... Um, you know what, I got an email from a guy the other day, I don't remember his name, um, but he was mentioning to me, he's like, dang, uh, Barry and Eric, you guys really complain about a lot of stuff yeah. with the gun industry. I mean, we're on like episode, what, 72 now on right. gun gripes? Right. There's a lot of stuff in the gun industry that irks people's nerves, and it's because it's an area that I guess is just so like frowned upon by so many people. And the industry is so closely guarded and, and, and looked at and under scrutiny. And I tell you, it's like we're, we're the worst people in the world because we're gun owners. And Well, you know, man. what I've been thinking about, too, when we first started doing these videos, we had to kind of think and search around for ideas. There's a million ideas. We, we've got, what, 72 gun gripes already? We've got 100 lined up. Easy. Easy. Yeah. I can, I can find something in here. Uh, gun manufacturers aren't putting out the guns they need to be putting out. They're not listening to customers. They're That's not right. listening to the demands of, of people. When you're in a market, you listen to that. You keep your finger on the pulse of the public, and the public will tell you what you need to make. They will. Now, uh, I don't know why guns are still so far behind. We've been out of this crunch now for, what, about five or six weeks? The panic is over, folks. Nobody's piling in here 50 people at a time buying guns and ammunition and stuff like that. Business is real slow right now. But and but now we're getting the guns. Now nobody wants to buy them. Now nobody <laughs> wants to buy them. Well, you know, um, I believe uh, one of my, my buddies, uh, Jeff Quinn, over at GunBlast.com, yep. uh, he's also got a YouTube page here, you know, the guy with the, Good old the other epic beard fellow on right. YouTube. the Brady um, beard fellow. Jeff Quinn put it best. He's like, look, do business with the gun dealers that treated you right during all this mess. Do business with the people that did things honestly during all this mess. And that's really advice to take to the bank people. I mean, Jeff's a great guy. I definitely uh, understand where he's coming from. You know, in the video he mentioned guys like Cheaper Than Dirt and a few other, you know, gun dealers. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it, that whole situation really sucked for a lot of people. I know some people were worried they couldn't get ARs and then they went and they dumped a lot of money in them. Uh, I just hope that that's a chapter of the gun business that we can put behind us. And, you know, well, that... <laughs> kind of going off on a different tangent. Folks, when ammunition becomes available again, like 22 LR, which is so hard to get, we have not got a single round of 22 Magnum in this store. We have not had it for over a month. Stock up on it. Store it properly. Eric and I are going to do a video pretty soon called Ammo Longevity. We're going to show you, I'm going to show you some rounds that are very, very old that are still good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we're going to do that, and we've got a gun tour coming for you again, too. Yeah, we do have another gun tour coming yep. up. I know we've been talking about it. 
Well, people, the um, video production and everything that we've been doing, uh, it, it's very time-consuming, and, and we're trying to keep the video concepts rolling for you guys, keeping the stuff out there, keeping it interesting. I, I hope that, you know, when you guys go into your subscription box, I'm hoping every day, you know, you, you see new and interesting things from us that you're not expecting. That's what we're going for. We want you to see something that you weren't expecting, and if it always be fresh and new in your minds as to what we're doing. So we're working very hard um, at keeping the video production at the level we'd like to see it, and we have some very, very interesting projects in the pipeline that I hope you'll tune in for. And we also have some television stuff coming up soon. Don't yes, we do. We do. But we're going to kind of keep that under wraps right now. But you're going to be, we're going to be doing some TV pretty soon. Yeah, I we believe are. it is. I believe it. But but I want to also thank all the subscribers. We had we, the last two weeks, this place has been YouTube central. We've had people coming in from where they come, Finland today. A couple from mm -hmm. Finland. We get people from North Carolina, Honduras, uh, Greenland. I mean, the people all over the world coming here. We're only five miles from the international airport. And when they find out they're right, we're in Jonesboro, they get in that rental car and they come over here. We get them behind the counter here. We do pictures with a Facebook form, and it thrills them, and it thrills the hell out of us too. And we certainly appreciate. I never thought that we would get the support that we get. Never. I mean, it's 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 mind-boggling, and it's very humbling. Yeah, when I started this YouTube page, I mean, we had no idea. I had no idea in a million years that it would be as big as what it is now. And and I, I know that a lot of you guys have been with me since the very beginning. We really appreciate that. We have a lot more um, going as we you know go along. We appreciate you watching, and you guys uh, have a nice night, and we'll check you next time there. Y'all have a good evening now. Come back and see us, you hear? You hear? <laughs>